Blog Talk Radio. It is Friday night on the Witching Hour Spellcast, and that means it is time for Incantation Nation. I am not Hedera Bindwood. I am Hammett. This is not the porch. This is Incantation Nation. And tonight, Trump's got COVID. Things are going crazy. Baboons and dogs and cats living together and then What are we going to do about all this stuff? And the main thing that we're going to try to talk about tonight is how do you deal with this? And you are not alone. We have some special guests tonight. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and invite our first special guest of the night. The Village Witch of Asheville, North Carolina, Byron Ballard. Thank you so much for being here tonight. I'm so happy to be here. I've not been on a blog talk radio podcast in a while, and I miss that lady who always welcomes me to blog, <laughs> blog talk radio. She has such a nice voice. Blog talk radio. Blog talk radio. It's so exciting. Blog yep. talk radio. So oh gosh, what a week, huh? It has, oh, I don't know. You know, I'm going from day by day. Trump paid 75 or $750 in taxes. That was Sunday. $750 in taxes. And then Monday, I can't remember Monday, but Tuesday was the debate. And then, uh, yeah. And then last night well, I thought, didn't you know, he... go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say last night I I said, you know what? I'm just going to lick the news before I go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> well, didn't Ruth Bader Ginsburg die a week ago? Maybe it was a little more than that. It but, was. Yeah. I can I can bring the the rest of the the team on for that. When did Ruth Bader Ginsburg die? Exactly two weeks ago, almost to the minute, right? Two weeks ago, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right, two weeks ago. So no, I'm asking, yeah. I'm asking Bradwick and 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 uh, I'm asking the rest of the, the 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 team here on Incantation Nation because honestly, we're about ready to start. They were about ready to start the very first show, and within seconds of us going on air, that's what happened. So, wow! Wow! Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it was. It, it's. It's been a time, my friends, a time. But we also are heading into Samhain, for those of us who mm-hmm. celebrate that or honor that. I don't know how much of a celebration it is. Um, so, and we're winding down. This you know, the the agricultural year winds down now. The spiral of energy spirals in and in and in until the winter solstice. So, yeah, it's getting pretty intense, huh? It It is, and it is, it's actually, I feel, a good time for this to happen because we're, okay, so the for the, like, the last seven months, about six months, we've had to be forced to stay inside, most of us. 
And that's not usual for us because we want to be in the sun. We want to, you know, the agricultural ancestry that we come from wants to be out there and plant things and do things. And this time of year, we normally would come in, right? We normally start slowing down. So mm-hmm. yeah, maybe it's better to do shadow work, right? <laughs> God knows there's so many people that need to be doing some damn shadow work. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I am yeah. just, I, I don't know how your world is, but my world is filled with people who are who are just pie-eyed. They're like, I don't know what is going on, but I don't know how to react to any of this. Which is why I'm on social media all the time, primarily on Facebook, going, okay, all right. Take a nice deep breath. No, no, take another deep breath. No, take a deep breath. Because in, I wonder, in my opinion, this is the time that we can actually get some real work done. Because everything is shifting. That's how I Everything is shifting. So instead of just throwing up our hands and going, well, I'm just going to watch Dancing with the Stars. I'm just going to watch whatever the hell it is people watch on Netflix. All this. I'm just going to do that. I'm going to avoid all this. Well, this is the time. I, yeah, I say all the time that these are the times we were made for. We're here for a reason. And if we're, we're going to have to spend all of our time telling people to do the shadow work when they need to just get the damn work done. Get your work done. Oh, I'm taking a nice deep breath now. <laughs> you are preaching to the choir because, you know, I, 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 this is where you're from is North Carolina. I live in North Carolina too, but I just moved here five years ago. So, I'm I'm getting North Carolinaized, <laughs> um, but I've started working with the getting tar healed. Yes, um, I started working with with politics, you know, f- uh, four years ago with the 2016 election, and I'm I want to go into that a little bit more later. I don't want to get into politics right okay. away because people are like no, um, but I do want to bring politics. in Jason. <clears throat> I want to bring it because this is kind of like a a, a reunion for Jason and I because we don't usually do pass each other in podcast land, but tonight he's also here. Jason, thanks for for doing another night here because you you were you were on last night on the witching hour. Jason, is Jason on mute? Which Jason? It says Jason. Jason Mankey. Oh, says Jason, Jason, yay. Jason, get on, get on, get on. Come on, come on, come on. <laughs> I don't you know, know if he Jason and I, is, is uh, well, go ahead, go ahead. We never get any time together, Jason and I. We, we will be presenting at the same sort of thing. And, and the thing about presenting at a thing, at a festival or a conference or whatever, is that there is so much work we do besides presenting. You know, we're meeting people and whatever that I I dream of the time that Jason Mankey and I can just sit down with a bottle of decent whiskey and just talk because he's, he's one of the people that I, did, I admire. He's funny. He's smart, you know, all that stuff. So there's your intro, Jason, if you're there. And the segue hey, he's is here, but he's, Jason he's on, he must be on mute on his side. Because I've got him live in here, and he knows how to bring himself live too. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm gonna go ahead and and uh, and and try to, you know, knock on his Facebook door. Um, 
But <laughs> no, he's. I'm really excited because Jason, you know, agreed to 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 move over to the Witching Hour with me here um, on Blog Talk Radio because we both were on another group of of radio podcast things, and uh, and his his shows. Has he? I'm trying to. I'm trying to cheat and look to see if he's had you as a guest yet. Because if he hasn't, then, oh, no, then I, we should do me? that. No, I don't think I've ever been yeah. on his show. Jason, because you basically, you basically introed, you know, explained his show. His show is Witches, Whiskey, and Wit. So you said, I yeah. want to sit down yeah, and yeah. have whiskey. And that's, there you go. Um, I'm going to go ahead and try to bring Jason on one more time. Jason, are you there? It's like summoning Jason. Summoning Jason. Jason. Summoning of Jason. Summoning, summoning of Jason. Pan um, what else? As the moon. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. He he went ahead and dropped off, so he must be having some problems with his side. So he'll he'll probably be on in a second. Okay. So he knows how okay. to get on the board. Um. So we'll just we'll just wait for for Jason. But the big thing is, you know, the big thing that everybody's freaking out about now. And I had a a Facebook shouting match thing with somebody today is about the, the about uh, Trump just testing positive. And I who, said, who did <laughs> Trump? Yeah, yeah, Trump. <laughs> Trump. <laughs> Trump said, uh, yeah, he this doesn't, uh, he, uh, it's a hoax. It's going to disappear. It's going to disappear like it never happened. Um, maybe he's in the hospital right now getting bleach <laughs> injected, getting his bleach injected. Um, no, but he, he has it now. And I maybe. was saying. Um, maybe he does. You know. Whoever it was that walked out of the White House earlier today, that was him. You know, but that. Oh, I didn't see that. Is, Did we get a visual on that? Yeah, and he goes uh-huh. to he goes to salute somebody. I'm like talking to somebody on the phone. He goes to salute somebody. I said, "That's not him. His hands are too big." <laughs> <laughs> Those hands are too big. Well, it's so, it's almost hey, a um, philosophical it's a philosophical dilemma for me because he's a liar. He lies all the time. Yeah. And so, if a liar says to you, "I am lying," then then how do you respond? That's the kind of question that makes Vulcans go crazy and breaks computers. <laughs> it, it, a liar is lying, but does that mean the liar is telling you the truth? But no, because the liar is always lying. So, I don't know. I don't know. I had flashbacks told... of, of of Harry Harry Mud. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it well, is I told so someone nice today to hear a... to hear Byron Ballard's voice, and I'm sorry for my earlier <gasps> connection issues. Oh, there you are. Yeah, Did you hear I the know, nice things I said about you? Did <laughs> well, you hear the oh, nice no. stuff I said about you? <gasps> well, it's, I'm used to it at this point. The... It's all good. I said some very nice things that included uh-huh. the fact that you and I are in a lot of places together, but we never get time to sit down except once in Florida. And I just want yeah. to have time to sit down with you with a bottle of really good whiskey and just talk. I would love that. Yeah. 
I look forward to 2021. I think, you know, if we get lucky, that might happen. Mm, late in the year, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I hope. I hope. I hope for July. Let's keep our fingers crossed. Can you breathe <laughs> where you are? How are the fires uh, out no. there? It is. It okay. is bad. Our house is sealed, and there's no windows open. There haven't been for a couple of days. And before that, there were uh, there was about a week where we couldn't do that before. You know, we had a little break in the fires for a while. So not only is it 95 degrees in October, we also, without air conditioning in our house, we also can't open the windows. Uh, that's par for the course, though, of 2020. And this has been a growing problem in California because the rain comes later and it's hotter now than it's ever been before. And these fires are not going away. This is going to be a part of our life out here going forward. I have to, you had a, a, a somewhat scary thing a couple of weeks ago. You and Ari, it wasn't, right? It wasn't that scary. We weren't really ever in any danger, but we were in St. Helena, which is in Napa Valley where they do all the wine. And we were there for our honey, like not our honeymoon, but for our anniversary. And we've been wine tasting and fires just came out of nowhere and we're going through Napa Valley and they were near the town that we were in. They were just a couple of miles away. And uh, we had a text from our neighbors at seven o'clock going, we should probably leave <laughs> because of the fire. Uh, we were not ever really in danger, but it's, the people who live there who are really nice and we always have a great time when we go there. Those are the ones that I worry about. And the fire has been pretty severe and things were evacuated just not very far from where we were. Well, I'm glad that you weren't in any danger. It was just really scary watching it. I don't know what to do with, with what's going on in California. Any other president? This would be news all the time, but you guys just don't know how to vacuum your floors there, I guess. Yeah, that's right. Clean up out there, would you? We we need to do better job raking the forest floor. Most of the things yes. that are burning are federal land, so they're not even really the responsibility of California. They're the responsibility of the federal government, who is not doing the upkeep of a lot of these places. I mean, it's millions and millions of acres of things, but it's not necessarily California's fault when when things catch on fire. Some of it has been management from Washington, D.C., which has been poor. And as Trump has complained about us not raking our forest floors, he has cut funding uh, for that very purpose since he's been president. So, you know, can I cut for those rakes. on this show? If you had rakes, yeah. you could do it. Yeah, you know. Uh, <laughs> you, can, you can do This is your home, too. This is just, just uh, Hedera's show, so... <laughs> She's, uh, yeah. she's, you can do what, you know, what you would do on on your show. So you know, fuck um, fuck Trump. You know, fuck that guy. You know, uh, never ever takes responsibility for anything. And I mean, I think we're all in agreement there. I think we all pretty much equally hate him. <laughs> I, I mm. I'm, I'm with you. Um. Well, so what do we? The thing that Hedera wanted to focus on is is. How do we make people – sorry about that. That's my, my phone telling me that somebody's messaging me. Um, how do we make people – and it's Jamie Harrison trying to tell me to give money to make 
make uh, Lindsey Graham cry. So if anyone <laughs> wants to give money to make Lindsey Graham hot and cry, then then go ahead and do that because you know that's really my is he saying that? Is he really well, saying to make Lindsey cry? There was because that would be a very cool way to do it. There was one. Let me see if I can find it. Um, I would love to watch Lindsey Graham cry. It's um, yeah. Texting and can before it's too late. No, that's not the one. There is one in here that says something about making Lindsey Graham cry. I'll have to find it. Uh, Oh. In tears. No, it's about us. With a lace hanky. Yes, yes, yes. It says, Pamela, we're choking back our tears because Lindsay, oh. because Jamie Harrison is officially tied with Lindsey Graham. So I thought it was making Lindsey Graham cry, which, you know, he does. And, um, yeah. That's been a fascinating <laughs> race to watch. I know you didn't want to talk about politics, but it's been really no, interesting no, to watch that race in South Carolina. Because Jamie Harrison, he's a good guy. He's solid. He is. Well, it's amazing for me to think. It's amazing for me to think that Biden is only like one point down in South Carolina right now. I mean, that is just how far things have changed. I think politically over the last year because of the ineptness of this administration when it comes to COVID and how they've handled things. I mean, I think we all know that, of course. It's been inept, but more and more people are becoming aware of that and are admitting that truth, which is nice. It's too late to fix anything, but at least they're admitting how bad this administration I, is. I just I just uh, saw a tweet that came out that Chris Wallace said Trump arrived too late to the debate to get tested and use the honor system. So... <laughs> I thought you had to have honor to use an honor system. (laughs) That's probably the first and last time I've ever heard Trump's name and honor in the same sentence. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Well, welcome to Pagan October, everybody. Byron! What? Guess what? What? Cal Cunningham, man. Tom Tillis just tested positive for COVID. Sweet Jesus. You will never hear me say that phrase again aloud. That is um, that is such good news. Now, could you check on Mark Meadows for me? Oh, my God. <laughs> You'll have to explain <laughs> Mark Meadows and, and your relationship to people. Oh, sorry, okay, so y'all. Mark, let me, let me, Mark let me, Meadows was – let me go ahead. Uh, I just want to lead into Don't. it with, according to the Cook Partisan Voting Index, um, going into 2018, the election of 2018, Mark Meadows was the reddest voting House of Representatives representative, uh, meaning that he voted most with the party and with Trump. Nobody else in the entire House voted as far right as he did. So he was, he had that, he has that honor. And then now he was our boy. Tell, he was our man. And now he's Trump. Can you man. believe? I mean, he never was really our man, but you know, he was a North Carolina man, it? and now he's up there. He's the chief of staff. Oh. Yeah. So I hope yeah. that he was, you know, kissing whatever part of Trump he kisses. 
Um, and maybe we'll hear in a couple of days that he's, you know, taken to his fainting couch. I don't know. I don't know. I don't wish anybody disease. Really, I don't. Right. But we are in such an insane place right now politically that I don't. I don't even know where to turn anymore. I am. When I'm teaching, I talk about Bobo dolls, and you two are probably too young to remember this, but it was this inflatable cone that had a clown painted on it, and it was weighed on the bottom, and you were supposed to punch the clown, and the the whole thing would fall backwards, and then it would come back up because it was weighted, which taught us as children to punch clowns in the face, but that they would always come back. And I feel like politics now is I'm just surrounded by Bobo dolls. And I'm constantly punching something, and, I, and I'll go, whoa, that's down. And then I turn away, and it's like, no, there it is again. So it's, um, it's exciting political times. I want to thank you for thinking that I'm too young for that. <laughs> I know. I grew up with those things. Did you? They are yeah. creepy. I feel like I want to buy them for all my friends. You can still get them. Maybe I'll send you both one for the Yuletide. Assuming we have Later. a Yuletide this year. I already got my Yuletide gift from from Jason. I want to go ahead and take a moment and and then uh, you know talk more about nasty stuff like Trump. But Jason had a, a deal with his his book um, that if you you ordered it from him, I got a nice oh it was such a nice little uh, autograph in the in the front. And I got sunflower seeds from Jason's garden that I'm going to grow. So, Jason, are you still running a deal like that? I am not. It was, like, only for pre-orders. And it was exhausting because I think I sold, like, more than 50 books, you know, over online. And, with you know, and I had to send them all out on the same day. So it was, like, a whole day of nothing but labeling packages and signing my name. Luckily, I have a lot of practice signing my name, so that wasn't too hard. Uh, but yeah, um, maybe it was a lot of work though. I'll probably do something again in November. I, I have a lot of sunflower seeds, that's for sure. But nice. I'm really proud of that book, and like reading it just makes me think of happier times. I'm I'm really hoping that this is a moderately happy Yule given the shit show that is 2020. Yeah. So let let me go ahead and and hush and let you guys talk a little bit because I'll you know me I'll interrupt everything. So, um. About, you know, how do you how do you deal with this? What's going on? The shit show. How? Do, what do you? What are your suggestions about? You know, RBG dying. You know, um, I'm the 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 Trump getting the COVID thing. I started talking about the the um, issue I had with somebody on Facebook about it earlier, and what I said is, you know. Trump is a is a horrible person, and what he's doing to the country is horrible. But he's a known. Now we're going into an unknown. What happens if he if he passes? What happens now? Because we're as off balance as we were. Now what? I think Trump's always and, uh, be an unknown. Go ahead, Jason. I think Trump's I think Trump's always an unknown because. He's so unpredictable, and how he acts is really just based on his mood swings and what he saw on Fox News. From, a, from day to day, it's impossible to know what he's going to do or how he's going to think. You know, There was 
I think, 48 hours where he actually wore a mask in public, and then, you know, he decided that didn't make him look good. I thought he looked much better with the mask because I had to look at his face a lot less. I thought it was a really good look for him. But, you know, it's just everything varies so much. I do think, though, that if he passes, a chaotic election season is only going to get more chaotic. And I didn't think that was possible, but every day seems to prove me wrong on that count. (laughs) Well, you know what I think about all of this. I wrote a book about it called Earthworks, is that these are the times we were made for, and there are changes that we can make in our communities right now. I I cajole people globally and act locally and hyper-locally because we can have effect and influence locally that we can't have nationally or globally. So I, I'm always telling people to just get to work. Just get out there and do something. Clean a park. Clean your street. Um, and the other piece is to have a, if you are a spiritual person, to have a spiritual practice that works for you, that is maybe simple enough that you can almost do it on autopilot until you feel the comfort of it and the sustenation of it. But it's easy to get fearful because that's part of what the propaganda is about is to keep us on edge and to keep us afraid. And if we're afraid, we are less likely to do what needs to be done in our communities. So pray to your gods if you have them. Um, Honor your ancestors if you do that. Knit. Grow a garden, grow amazing sunflowers like Jason did. Share them with your neighbors. Do, do some work. Quit trying to hide from what's going on because it's the end of empire here. And there's things we can do if we choose to. There, did that sound Unitarian Universalist enough that it was a welcome invitation <laughs> but not something I'm forcing you to do? I think that, not that I am. have been... I think these times have been very galvanizing, though. I mean, if you look at – like shortly after Trump was elected, we had the first women's march in 2017, which was the largest march, I think, in the history of the United States in Washington, D.C. I mean, it was yep. just absolutely huge. In the wake of the death of George Floyd, we have had all kinds of protests, and I think that this time – and I've been wrong before – but it feels like there's just something a little bit different about the protests and about the anger, and it feels like people are listening, and it do, did not feel like people were listening three or four years ago. Uh, I think that – so there is a positive. There is some momentum in a progressive and forward manner. I think when you know what the dragon is in front of you, there's a desire to slay it, and we're seeing – us rise up and try to slay it. I think that witchcraft especially has gotten so much more political the last four years, but I think in a very, very good way because it's political for decency and human rights and equality. And those are things I think we can all get behind. I hope we can all get behind those things. I absolutely agree. I think there is so much that I can do. (laughs) Um, along those lines, though, I think part of the reason that witchcraft has gotten political, well, for one thing, I always argue about how 
a lot of the beginnings of, of what is witchcraft in America started with the protest movements in, in like the 60s and 70s. So, so they're intertwined. They're not the same, but there's a lot of intertwining. Uh, you can agree, disagree, thoughts on that. Um, but I think we're being forced into it a little bit more. I'm going to go ahead and bring up something dark because it's one of the things that my takeaway from the debate was when when he refused to denounce white supremacists and basically gave a call out to the Proud Boys. Now, not specifically the Proud Boys, but we've had to deal with parts of our own craft being taken over by white supremacists. And we've been telling people, I know I have been telling people for at least six or seven years that we need to 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 be careful about you know this this branch of heathenry specifically not all heathens okay not saying he but there is a branch of it that has usurped a lot of what's a really rich and amazing belief system whatever culture um for their own own means your thoughts on that Byron? On heathenry? No, on the on the white supremacists that, that are trying to take over parts of heathenry that are taking the symbols, that are taking taking the, the names of the gods and putting it on their brand. Now, I don't know if it's something that you guys I had Erin Lale on my on my show earlier this week and we talked about her heathen visibility project and how she um she her project is basically take pictures of like your altar or your Thor's hammer and tag it with, with heathen and heathen visibility project to try to bring, if you did a, a search on Google, I think you get more of those white supremacist um, results than you do the people who are practicing that path. So I think yeah, that's something I, that I we've mean, been I, having I, to do with. I know, I know some of this more academically than anything else. Um, because I'm not heathen, and I, I have kind mm-hmm. of I'm affiliate to a couple of heathen groups, but not really. But I mean, it's the same thing with Christians, isn't it? That there are people who are nice Episcopal followers of Christ who do a lot of social justice work and feed the poor, and but that's not who we think of necessarily when we think of Christians. So I, I don't know how you begin to police that in a country that ostensibly has freedom of speech. So do they have as much right to the names of the gods as anybody else? Maybe. I think an argument could be made for that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, is, is the answer for for groups like Urglave? Do you know that group? Rob Schreiber's group. Uh, and and they, they're, they're wonderful sort of Deitch. It's a Deitch community that is looking for the pre-Christian mm-hmm. roots of the Deitch cultures. And I think that's how you counter any of that is that you just have you have a really solid spiritual place where you stand and that's what you promote rather than saying those people over there they're not doing it right because we have enough of that in the in our communities enough of the finger pointing and saying you you do that wrong so I don't know I I'm a Pisces I know I sound like I'm coming down on both sides of that issue but I don't know what the answer is. But I know one answer no, that was is that a good you answer. stand proudly in your tradition. And when you have a tradition that people can go, oh, no, 
I know these nice people over here that do this and these proud people who can, you know, tell me about the sagas. But these people over here, they're not the same. Yeah, I don't know. I don't honestly know. Heathenry has always been kind of difficult. If you go back and you look at its emergence in the United States in the 60s and the 70s, most pagan traditions in our country either evolved out of, for lack of a better term, the hippie movement or embraced it quite quickly by the late 60s. Heathenry evolved as, in some quarters, as a reaction to that. So it was always sort of mm-hmm. coming from a different place. And there are great heathens who are certainly a part of our modern pagan community. The ones that are the racist assholes, though, I never thought they were a part of our community. They're a group of people who are adjacent to our community who sometimes try to make inroads into it using language that sounds inclusive but is actually racist. And, I mean, I think that's something we need to be vigilant about. To me, those people who follow the Stephen McNallans and whatever else, they're just not a part of the pagan community. They're a part of their own little racist shit world. And, you know, I'm not here to police them and tell them what to believe or or how to do anything, but they're not welcome in my community and in the sectors of the community that I'm a part of. I'm also kind of worried right now very much about conspiracy theories penetrating the the general pagan community. The whole QAnon Mm -hmm. thing is not just limited to people on the right anymore. Politics in many ways is powerful, and it's going very hard to people on the far left, you know, with anti-vax kind of information, and you've seen the Save Our Children hashtag, which, Mm -hmm. you know, sounds like something everybody should be for, right? We all love the children. The problem is, though, is that all of the information they're giving about the children is wrong, and I'm really worried about a satanic panic part two coming our way because these people really believe that there's a satanic pedophile ring run by Tom Hanks and Hillary Clinton, and you know, people are always like, well, we're not Satanists. They don't care. They're going to come after us too, and I see people in our community pushing those theories because they don't understand where it's coming from and they don't understand what it means. So I'm really, really worried about that right now, probably more so than racist heathens, that's for sure, because there are really good people that are adopting kind of the QAnon conspiracy nonsense. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of that in the, um, the healer herbalism community. And it started this this interesting coalition with the anti-vaxxers and and clinging into some of that QAnon stuff. So I I agree with you, Jason. I think we are looking at another potential satanic panic. And for those people who are listening right now who don't know what that is, because again and again I find that a lot of people in the modern pagan community don't know our most recent history. So look up what happened. Mm-hmm. It was horrific. There were people. It was it was a witch hunt in the classical sense, and um, there were. And we are just getting a foothold now in not being mainstream, but in knowing who we are and what we stand for. But there are an awful lot of people who can't uh, who can't afford to 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 be present in a in a satanic panic. It's going to come down hard on a lot of people. There, and some what, of these what groups happened, incite violence. Um, go ahead, Jason. I mean, these groups incite violence that you're not prepared Absolutely. for. Like the guy who went to 
the pizza the pizza place in Washington D.C. and you know was ready to shoot the place up because they thought there was a satanic pedophile ring downstairs. You know, it's really yeah, really dangerous. From from Rowan County, which is like 20 minutes south of me, that's 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 who I live with. <laughs> that's those are the people who I live with. Um, you know, not wearing masks. Well, and and before we go into that, that there is something. One of the good things that came out of Trump and Miliana being uh, being diagnosed is, is I noticed that Kaylee did her speech, her press thing on the lawn outside with her mask on. So a little you know, late. We can go in. Yeah, it's a little late for that. But but when you're talking about the anti-vaxxers, the thing that when you start talking about the truth and things that you can go back and, and factually um, have, have a, be able to, to show the facts, people think that that's QAnon. And what I'm about to say is you can trace back the, the, the uh, 5G stuff and the anti-vaxxing stuff to mis- disinformation from Russia. Russians found what are the things that these people are glomming onto, and they're pushing those narratives. No 5G. No anti-vax, and it's coming from Russia. And I'm not. This is not tinfoil hat pammy. This is stuff that I can cite for you that the intelligence community knows is happening. But when you start trying to bring people facts like this, or they look at you like you're crazy, but a satanic child prostitution ring on the in the basement of a pizza place where there is no basin basement with Tom Hanks, that's believable. What do you do in this? Alternative situation? facts. Alternative facts. Alternative you know, facts. We're all, you know, we're all allowed our own alternative facts. Oh, I, I want to go oh, ahead and, and let you know, Brian. I I don't know if Brian's still with us, but yeah, Brian is. Brian Hanky is in the chat, and Brian, Brian's one of Jason's friends too, and he said hi to Byron, Byron and By- Brian. That's <laughs> awesome. We always get people. I I have to like bow out here in another couple of minutes. So it's nice that someone with great hair can also just step in, <laughs> and that would be Brian. The hair competition continues, Jason. It was it so does, good it to just talk to we, with you. Y'all be safe, okay? Yeah, as safe as you can. Thanks for your input. You know, it's it's. I I miss our conversations about politics. And um, I'm looking forward to more of that the closer we get to the election. Um, yeah. It's nice to have somebody, and I don't understand why a lot of pagans don't want to talk politics and like it's a a subject that people don't want to get into as a pagan. It affects us like directly. That's... Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's an interesting question, though. No, it's an interesting, we should ask pagans why they do, why? Why don't you get involved with politics? Because I'm always trying to get people to run for office. I am destined mm-hmm. to run for soil and water conservation for my county. That's what I'm going to do when I come off the road. And that's going to be I my thought about doing like, that Of course, here. she's a pagan. She should do that. Ballard 2022. <laughs> You've got what? people in the in the uh, chat that are already wanting you to be president. So me. <laughs> 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 Better you than me. 
Why don't we co-chair the nation together, Jason? That'd be fun. Sure. You know. <laughs> I'll help. Except we've I'll never been sober. <laughs> I'll, I'll help run, run your campaign. Yeah, but uh, Brian says Byron for president, not soil and in, in, uh, in conservation. <laughs> um, you guys, that's something that you have. That's something that's needed there because you and I have had conversations about um, some of the the things that have happened. And then Jason, if you have to bow out, thank you so much for for being here, and I look forward to to chatting with you again in the future. Thank you for having me and the excitement and surprise that was having Byron here with me. That's so cool. Oh, Hedera. Uh-huh. It's all Hedera. Hedera brought us here together. So let's talk yeah. about her. Yeah. Let's, Very flattered. Let's, let's nice. send a toast to make I'll, her feel so, so she'll feel better. Go ahead, Jason. <laughs> I, just, I will talk to you all soon, and uh, thank you for thinking of me tonight. Take, take care. Give your Have lovely lady a hug from me, would you? I will. That's what I'm going to go do okay. right now. Yes. <laughs> Take care. Uh-huh. Um, so while we were talking, though, I brought Sirsha in, and she's just kind of been hanging out. Um, Sirsha, um, Hedera wanted wanted her on for a little bit of a take because she works for the government, and That's she and fine. I were talking a little bit in private to to you know. So what are we going to bring up? And um, Sirsha, if you want to just talk a little bit about what your job is with the government, because. Um, sure. Thanks, Pam. Um, are you part I of ICE? That, are you? Go ahead. I am. I am not part of ICE. I am part of a department who deals with Trump's tariffs, uh, particularly ah. on aluminum and steel. <laughs> uh. um, and I did want to say that I am completely humbled to be on the same podcast with Byron Ballard and Jason Mankey. And I will be first in line to vote for the uh, Byron Mankey ticket whenever they decide to run. I like it. Thanks for putting me on the top of the ticket. Yes. <laughs> but awesome. Some of the, awesome. uh, the issues that I deal with, with um, the tariffs for steel and aluminum, I mean, folks will go through Congress to try to get their their products into the country, and one of the things that that Pam and I were talking about that that really had nothing to do with the tariffs were um, some of the censorship that is coming out of this administration. You know, I've worked for the government for almost 20 years, and this administration is the first one that I've seen that actually sent out a a signed memo that says we are not allowed to badmouth or post anything negative about the president. And that just absolutely what? blew my mind. Yeah. Yeah. I just got chills when you brought it up again. I just got chills because, you know, I was raised, raised in the military and raised around, around, I was a, a civilian worker too and you could you could not like you know if you were in the military the the president was your the commander in chief and you'd have to follow what he hopefully she in the future um <laughs> would have to say but never would you you not be able to say anything i mean 
I mean, I see. You don't even want to know the things I heard people saying about about uh, Obama, about Barack Obama, that yeah. was in the military. But this is I mean, scary. Really, this is very scary. It is. We're, Go ahead. We I'll... are required to take um, social media training every single year that we're – that actually just started with this administration. Um, but we have to take social media training so that we know what we can and cannot post about the current administration. Now, you know, I've always had to deal with the Hatch Act where if I'm on government property or I'm representing Mm -hmm. the government, then, you know, I I can't say that I'm representing the government, of course. Um, But we have had to be so careful about not mentioning that, okay, yes, I work for the government, and even though my position is different from the government, I'm still not allowed to say that. And that is brand new with this administration. I Did the administration come in with that, or did that evolve? It evolved. Oh, okay. Interesting. And it wasn't long after this administration Excuse me. Um, but long after the uh, after he was first sworn in, but within the first year. So I mean, it wasn't immediate, like it was when they took down the LGBTQ um, website. But mm-hmm. it, it was within that first year. Because I've been curious um, about whether or not this administration came in. With all of that kind of moving around the infrastructure and reinserting their own infrastructure, or if that was something that was a process over that first year? No, it was right away. It was it was right away. That's why Betsy DeVos was uh, Secretary of Education. That's why Rick Oops Perry was uh, Department of Energy, so he could try to finagle some, you know, he's from Texas, and he's trying to right. get oil and gas and all that um i to have to when i worked with the military i had to do those trainings for i know you've had to take those Sirsha, with the um like uh information technology security the anti-phishing stuff you know that type of training i, I know you've had to do those uh, because it's standard with if you're on a government computer of don't exactly. don't click on this link, <laughs> but but something <laughs> like this is is crazy. Um, I'm being told by Hadera that you are our government insider. You're a pagan convert, <laughs> government insider. <laughs> um, that is what I, you're... I I think I just accepted that role today. Nice. Yes, that is who you are now. Oh my gosh! And I, I can't believe that I'm they, very honored they do to that. accept it. <laughs> well, and we we do have a lot of um, a lot of pagans that are in um, heathens. We have a lot of heathens in the military. Um, there's the witches. There's a lot that were there. And what's scary to me is with all this evangelical stuff with with Trump. You were talking about the LGBTQ websites being taken down the disability websites too as soon as he took office there's nothing i didn't know about for, that mm-hmm. 
I didn't either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But <laughs> Tell us more about that. When did that happen? Knows? When did when did it happen? As soon as he took office. It, it, it you know wow. like the day I I have to. I, I remember when it happened because I'm disabled and and it was like going around the disabled fear that that happened and yeah it was gone it was there that it, you know before when when President Obama was still in office and then it's gone and what's scary too you know we being nature people um, the amount of uh, people were in certain places in the government. Um, like the with the national parks and with uh, climate climatology and NOAA and such, they were hiding and trying to store records because because uh, Trump's administration was trying to destroy a lot of stuff. What do you do? Well, I remember pretty early on there was like this the Alternative Forest Service. And alternative NOAA mm-hmm. and alternate all mm-hmm. forest service and alt NOAA, and they were just blasting out information about what was happening in their departments. But we haven't heard a lot from them recently. That's true. No. I had forgotten about that because all this stuff is normalized, and that's the thing that I think people yeah. need to just try try to. Because you you mentioned it yourself, Byron, when you were talking about this guy's a liar. So we can't even we don't know for sure if he is really sick or if he's lying. Because the person who walked out of the White House and went into the the, the helicopter, if that was even him, was I'm going to have to walking. find that clip. I got to find him too. He he. They had him walking out of the White House, and see, but I don't know if it was him because I was looking for his makeup line. <laughs> his hands were too big. Uh, he wasn't walking with that leaning forward thing that he does. It, it, it didn't. I don't know. He walked up the stairs with no problem. Ooh, but that see, that's like what him. happens. Oh, I'm. Um, uh, and I hope I'm saying your name right. Tom Tom Thomas says that uh, Alt Forestry is still on Facebook, so you can find that. So we'll have to Good. we'll have to maybe I'm just not seeing them. Definitely we need have to. to look that one up um, and like the page. Definitely. Okay, I'm on Facebook right now, and I'm going to get a link to the video of Trump walking to the helicopter. I feel like I'm multitasking. This is fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, so how are you? I, I like the community that you're creating. I'm going to make you triple task here. I love the community that you're making on Facebook, and I think that this is the main reason why Hedera reached out to you. And I'm sorry that Hedera can't be be here tonight. She you is too. working, and and she's like, "Pan it! That's not what I wanted you to do." So I'm sorry. If I'm, I, if we can do this at take two when she's feeling better, we can definitely see about having people back on the show um, for Incantation Nation. But I'm really excited to be part of t- tonight's show for this. Um, and Byron, I love the community that you've created. I've even sent some of my non-pagan friends your way uh, because of your the the advice you give and common sense magical um 
it's tower time. How do you, <laughs> how did that come to be? And what, it's almost like a phenomenon. It is a phenomenon. It's like, it, is it my imagination or has it been growing bigger and bigger? Um, I, I'll, I'll give you the 25 cent version of tower time. I've been talking about this and writing about it for 15, maybe maybe talking about it for 20 years. And I believe we are living in the times where all these top-down systems that we set in place thousands of years ago, basically, and we're, they're collapsing, finally. And as they collapse, they recalibrate. But now is the time where we can come in and create new systems, brand new systems that are not based on this weird pyramid form that has a big strong man at the top and it theoretically trickles down because that's not how power can work anymore and it's never the way power has worked in a way that was equitable. So I believe we're living in a time of great opportunity if we can only stop being afraid of everything around us and focus hard on what it is we want. We want soil that can grow food, we want air we can breathe, we want clean water, we want communities that um, that intersect and interface and integrate while people still stand in the culture that they love and the culture that they were raised in. So there is so much about these times that I think is really hopeful. But what I'm seeing again and again is that we give ourselves over to this generalized fear oh, my God, oh, my God, mm-hmm. I can't believe that's happening. Oh, my God, I can't believe that's happening. And it's that, what is it, a flight, fight, or freeze thing about fear. And we have to find what that fourth thing is. So we're not going to fight or we're not going to flee and we're not going to freeze. We're going to find an F word that is uh, about creating circles on the ground and, lo- and relocalizing everything. But I wrote a book about it, and anybody who wants to can get that at any of their resource places for books, or they can get it from me at my website, and it's called Earthworks, Ceremonies and Tower Time. And there are a bunch of essays at the beginning of the book that talk about what this is all about. And then the whole last part of the book is about ceremonies and rituals you can do to ritualize what's going on right now, to make it a rite of passage, to make it... uh, an initiatory experience and to move forward with it instead of just cowering in the corner waiting for somebody else to fix it because we're it. Tag, we're it. I'm going to take a moment to let everybody soak that in. We're it. You, we, and I think that there's a mentality that we keep hoping that somebody's going to come here and, and save us or that the, this is where I'm going to go ahead and get political. This is where I'm going to go ahead and get political because this is when it needs to happen. People complain about the politicians. Politicians is. The poli- I don't like the way this politician did that. Well, the politicians work for us. They are our employees. If you do not like the way the government is, the government is us. You need to not complain about it. You need to not, what's the thing after, uh, after RBG died? Um, they were, people were saying, I was saying this too, don't agonize, organize. Yes. This yes, is yes, the yes. time that we need to do this. This is the time no, that we're... you you go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, call your if you're if you want to get plugged in with LBGTQ rights, then call um 
you know, either a national or a local group that does things and see about, you know, volunteering, um, see about we're going to need, we're going to need a ton and a half of poll observers all across the country to make sure that this election is done correctly, that people aren't being intimidated, that we don't have proud boys and bugaloos standing up and standing by at, yeah. at our polls. Because these are our polls. This is our election. This is our voice. This is how we get to tell them who gets to be our representative. They represent us. And whenever I start, this is something I'm obviously passionate about. Um, and full disclosure, I am working in the state of North Carolina with a, as a volunteer with the voter protection team. And I spent a couple days this week and tomorrow morning I have to go back to the Board of Elections for my county and watch the board go through the ballots, the envelopes. Not, not, they haven't opened the ballots out. We don't know. There's nothing about the votes yet. It's all about the envelopes mm-hmm. at this point. But mm-hmm. I'm part of the process. I'm watching it. I'm not making the choices, but I'm there in case they're doing something that is against the law or against guidelines. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and when it this is what what before he got sick this is what he's been talking about is he doesn't know if we can trust the results well if you're not involved in the process how do you know how do you know if you can trust the results yeah you got to be yeah. part of the process well, Byron and, how and well, how do people volunteer ahead. for that other for than Sam I can I call watch and go yeah call your board of board of uh, elections. No, no. Board of Elections is if you want to be a poll worker, if you want to be a poll observer. Um, if you're in North Carolina, I can give you the information on in North Carolina. Wherever you're at, it's usually call the party that you belong to. If you're a, if you belong to a party. Um, or call different organizations like the NAACP or um, uh, like a, a, a LBGTQ organization, PFLAG, whatever. In fact, I got an email from PFLAG saying, you know, trying to, to encourage people to, to become, um, to be at the polls. So reach out to organizations that you know that would, in your area, that would be likely to do that. But in North Carolina, I can give anyone, if they want to hit me up on, uh, you can go to the Witching Hour Spellcast Facebook um, page and say, Pam, it, send me the link and I'll send you a link <laughs> how you can do that and show up at the polls. Um, to, okay, to, thank you. you. Know, and basically nice. all, you're doing, all you're doing is monitoring and, you know, if you see somebody about ready to be turned away without a vote, um, if there's something that you can do to help them, we've got a phone number that you can call and it's up to us. It's going to be up to us to make sure that he doesn't steal the election. It's going to be up to us to make sure that our voices are heard because he's trying to do everything he can to not let that happen. So that's my political soapbox. Go ahead. No, it's, it's good. And there is nothing I love more than hearing people, people be passionate about what they're passionate about. Cause that's, what's going to save us if anything does is being really passionate. But we know just in observing the world that anytime there's a natural disaster, the first respondents are also the victims. So we need to be ready to yep. be first responders in whatever 
whether it's a natural disaster or a human-made disaster. We need to know what it is we need. We need to know about our water systems. We need to know about infrastructure. And not everybody needs to know all of that, but we need to have people in our communities that are not necessarily uh, civil servants who know what's going on. In the case of what I think I'm hearing now is that, like with the federal government, there's information we may not get because it's been forbidden to say that or to let people know that. So we've got to figure that out and make these circles on the ground and change the culture where we live. It's why I say grieve globally but act locally. We None mm-hmm. of us want brown children in cages on the border, but we apparently no. are powerless to stop that. So what's happening with brown children where you are? Right where you are. If that's what your passion is, find out what's going on with the Hispanic community, with the black community, with any minority communities. Find out what kind of help they can use. And if it's writing a check and you can write a check, by God, do that. And if it's getting out and making food, do that. We all, there's work for so many hands. And we can do that. We can change the world. But we got to start where we are. Yes. There. End of sermon. Yes. <laughs> well, and that's true. You know, and that's what community is, is, is is all about and when I got involved in Texas before I moved here when I got involved I was always one of those people that was in the broom closet happy to be in the broom closet and complaining about my community you know I don't like how they do this I don't like and then I had somebody drag me kicking and screaming out of the broom closet and I led my first circle and I realized that people who we need people to be leaders not to be not to it, it, not to feed my ego, but to, to be there, you know, to, to help <laughs> to lead, you know, before this, this, um, the podcast, I was on the phone with, with, a um, with another friend of mine, who's, who's a, a Wiccan and she was having an issue and I always talking her through it and helping her out when, when she has these issues. So that's what leading is, is being there, and being teachers, and and it's more about yes, because delegation. We have to redefine. Right. We have to redefine what leadership is, and that is key. Mm-hmm. Because le- the leader is not the one person who has all the answers, and then has to motivate everybody else. That can't be how leadership works anymore. Rihanna Eisler in the Chalice and the Blade talked about it so beautifully all those decades ago, that it can't be power over. It has to be power with. And we've been playing around yeah. with consensus and modified consensus for years trying to figure out how to make that work. There are groups that have made that work. But we've got to hear all the voices, and we also have to encourage people in personal responsibility and accountability. Yeah. And not just to toss your hands up and go, well, that was just too hard. I just couldn't get it done. Uh-uh. That, that, we can't do that anymore. If if it's too hard, I'm getting, then call three friends, and all of you do it I'm together. Getting psychic, I'm getting psychic blasted messages from from Hedera saying that's what Incantation Nation is all about. That is what this is about. <laughs> well, tell us what Incantation Nation is about, because I don't think I know. It, it, it's about. <laughs> I just 
it's it's having community. It's coming together as as people who you know practice magic, who believe in uh, in in the earth and and uh, and you know. I I I kind of want I'm going to go ahead and let Hedera type it to me because I know that that's what she was thinking is Pammy you better make sure that when Byron says this that that we know that that's what what she's forming what what the intent of the incantation nation is she started with a I'm I'm, I'm a, she's already channeling it to me she started with the bookshop and you know like most pagan communities. Um, that's where the, the, the community begins. But yeah. with the time of COVID, with the, with the loss of the, of the physical location of the bookshop, she started taking the, the community online. It's grown. It's international. And it's different segments. She's created um, a, a place for people to talk about books. She's created a place for people to volunteer. That's really important. And it's super um, important. And this is this is like the one of the meeting places. This is a place to express all the different uh, the different facets of Incantation Nation, um, and and to have these conversations and to invite people to around the fire to talk about their place in the nation. Hedera, I'm hoping I'm doing you justice because that is what this is. This is this is us all of us this is not my show come on my show this is our place yeah i hope that i'm doing well, her justice I, i'll hear the um the internet and especially podcasts and facebook live and zoom has really expanded um for lack of a better word audiences so there are people mm-hmm. that i get to talk to now that I might never have gotten to talk to you because I w- nobody wants to pay me to fly to Portland. But I can talk to people in Portland on Zoom. So yeah. what it gives us a chance to do is to expand our thought and expand our listening. Because if if we can if we can master listening, I think we will go a long way towards healing so much and we're just mostly we're not very good at that that's the other thing that happened you know using my Facebook page again as an example when we started talking about this I had people who were don't be mad it's horrible that you're mad that Trump is sick and people saying bullshit look at the horrible things he did and I said look nobody can tell you how you're supposed to feel about this so if anyone tells you not to be angry, then tell them to fuck off. <laughs> if anyone tells you <laughs> how you're supposed to process this, then, you know, that's not their place. You need to do it. But what the what the community should do is give you a place to 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 speak and then and like you said, listen for other people to listen. Then two people who I like started getting into this bickering thing and I said, Look, you gotta remember that you're on my wall and you're both my friends. You guys might not know each other, but you're both my friends. So you're not an anonymous troll. And I think too many people get on the internet and they take that anonymous troll. I can, uh, I don't agree with you. So I'm going to call you 
ad hominem attack, you know, it, yeah, and nobody is listening. With, with the information age, with all the information at our fingertips right now, you looking up the video of Trump leaving the White House to get into Marine One, we couldn't have done that <laughs> 20 years ago. We have this great Well, in 20, 20 no. years ago, we would have assumed all of that was true. But now look at this. We're looking at that and we're parsing it. And we're going, is that the way he walks? Is that, is that him? Is that his silhouette? Is that really him? So mm-hmm. it, it expands our informational base without necessarily expanding our knowledge base. Very well said. Very well said. I'm I'm hoping that I can bring Daryl on right now um, and onto the show, and and Daryl, for you to to bring your input on how you are dealing with incantation nation and and your existence and community in the time of COVID and Trump. Hello, Daryl, are you there? Hello. Yes. Hello. Hi, Byron. Hi, Daryl. Daryl who? Which Daryl is it? Daryl Fischel. <laughs> hey, Darlin. <laughs> Should I tell him that probably the last time we saw each other, we were both naked? Should that be a <gasps> titillating inter- introduction? <laughs> Ooh. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, golly. It's good to hear your voice. It's good to hear your voice too. Um, I but before I say anything about the whole COVID thing, you know, I'm listening to what you're saying about the whole thing globally and act locally. And man, I I couldn't agree more with the idea that you know, uh, there's there's <laughs> politicians aren't going to save us. It doesn't matter who's in the office. You know? and yeah, we are. Yeah, exactly. We we are the center of our own monad. You know, and like we we make it. If it's going to happen, we're going to have to be the ones that, that, that do it. Um, uh, my, wow, my my personal thing here with COVID is I've been essentially semi-quarantining since February. Um, I've had my own personal reasons, you know, for uh, potentially being higher risk. So, I mean, so it's been kind of a weird journey getting used to, like, only going to the grocery store and only going to uh, the pharmacy. Uh, yeah, it's been, it's been yeah. odd. It's accept the, the change in style, you know. Um, and then just the last couple of, you know, and especially when, you know, at first it seemed like, you know, there were there were a lot of people that were like, "Oh my goodness," and they were freaking out, and they're like, "Okay, we can't go anywhere. We totally need to shut down." And then, of course, you had those that just couldn't accept that reality at all. You know, and they were just kind of balking against it. Um, and then, as it went further on, right, you, people became more and more uh, comfortable with kind of moving about and doing more things. And you know, even up to a month ago, I guess I'm sitting here going, am I crazy for, like, trying to semi-quarantine? Like, am I, like, the only person that's still doing this? You know, like, and then, like, you hear the news that, you know, the president gets COVID. And you're like, well, oh. And see, that's that's by design. That is his design. He doesn't care about us. 
he wants the disease he wants COVID to go away. I honestly wonder if he's trying, well, I don't have to wonder. He wants herd immunity. And in order to have herd immunity, a certain percentage of the population has to have COVID. So he wants more of us to get infected. Mm. I mean, uh, we, Scott Atlas, his radiological person who's (laughs) leading COVID, he can read an x-ray, but he, he doesn't know anything about epidemics um so people are getting i i in my part of north carolina it's like a challenge when you go places of people who believe it's a hoax and it's going to be gone on november 3rd where they're not wearing masks and they're actually coming into your your space where they normally wouldn't have so i told everyone that i'm going to get an air horn so anyone comes too close to me without a mask good one blast them with an a blast them with an air horn. <laughs> That's my thing. Yeah. I saw, I saw well, one, guy, go ahead. one guy that had on his head. And, like, he had, like, six feet of pool noodles on either side walking to the store. I'm like, I'm not sure how practical that is unless you're close. But I guess it, it made the point, you know, stay outside of this bubble. Well, and that that came from Germany. They were doing that in Germany. That's probably where he got that idea because I saw that from pictures in Germany where they put the pool noodles on uh, like a hat with pool noodles. Hey, if it works and keeps people away, I'd stay away from anyone with pool noodles on their head. Yeah, for many reasons. Yeah. But. how how has that's one of the things I loved about the the incantation nation and, and the village laughing brook um, that's part of that um, the community and having the volunteer thing because of somebody in your community is um, not able to go out and and get their groceries or their medicine that's what we got to do for each other and we are here right. you know for each other and we've got to to be here more than posting stuff on Facebook. Well, I don't like you. Mm-hmm. I don't agree with you. Absolutely. I think that the um I think maybe not everyone is being clearly, but I, I find that people tend to have a different personality online than they actually have when you meet them in person and people tend to speak with less fear of consequences um, online than they do, you know, if you were meeting them face-to-face, sometimes people tend to be a little more respectful. You know, with some of the anti-maskers and stuff, I don't know that that actually works. I think it's just kind of crazy all the time. So, but I know for people that I disagreed with, you know, when you meet them in person, it's like, oh, okay, we can have a civil conversation now. But what, yeah, that's but a really good point. One, but I'm going to go ahead and, and, and I want you guys to talk on this because I'm going to bring out this point too. This is what Trumpism has done to people where you can't have these conversations even in real life. This is why we get the anti-maskers. And this is why there is the polarization. And because it's emboldened people to be openly racist, to be openly homophobic and transphobic. To be openly misogynistic, I, I'd like to hear your your thoughts on this. Let's let's start with Byron. 
Well, yes, yes, that has happened. There's no question about it. And I think we all are very much aware that it's not like these things didn't exist before and now they exist. It's just that people feel like they can say things they wouldn't normally have said. Um, and, and again, if you are in community with people and you can say, really, did you, did you mean to just call me that? Because I just need to know if that was an intentional thing or if it was a knee-jerk reaction and you're feeling kind of scared and whatever. And you can do that. But, but when we're online, it's like a whole, it's like a wild west and not in a good way. And we, we find ourselves, and I'm going to say that is ourselves, we find ourselves behaving as the very worst kind of primate. So we're not grooming mm-hmm. each other and we're not tending each other's young. We're doing what warring chimpanzees do. So to think that, that we, we haven't gotten beyond that stage in our evolution is really kind of frightening. Um, yeah. Sir Shad, Daryl, go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah. It's uh, it is kind of fascinating. I think, and you know, in the I guess in the time, the time before the COVID time, um, there was I think that the veneer, huh? BC, BC before <laughs> COVID. <laughs> I, uh, the veneer, uh, you know, was a little thicker. And you know, I think now I think you're I think you're absolutely right. There there seems to be this permission, and and I personally feel like it it has come from the top down um, to to express opinions that I think that, you know back in the day any decent self-respecting person would have kept to themselves. Um, but that is that that's it's almost like there's a a, a carte blanche. Now. You can say what you want. People will jump on you about it, and then you can take the fact that they're angry about it and reverse the logic and say, "Well, look, you're mad at me saying this, so I can say what I want to say too." Um, it's uh, it, it, the, even personal interaction with you as I'm having right now. But as I'm watching other people have personal interactions, uh, it is it is kind of like the wild wild west out there right now. Seems like they are trying to It's better to have it. Go ahead, Barbara. No, Sorry, go ahead. In a way, it's better to have it out there. You know, I don't want to be thinking you hate me because I'm a woman. If you hate right. me because I'm a woman, just let me know. Let me know right now. And then we can go on. We, at least we're being honest with each other. So there's right. something to be said about that. It makes it makes it an uglier world, I think. But, yeah, if you, if well, you don't like me for whatever reasons, don't code it. Don't be coded about it. Just say it. Tisha, do you have anything to to add? Because I had a I have a follow on with thoughts on this. Tisha, well, something that I've noticed in the office for the last four years. You know, when we were going into the office, BC, as you guys were saying, um, <laughs> people people who are Trump supporters tended to segregate themselves from those people who were not Trump supporters, or I guess I should say those two groups segregated themselves. Um, 
and you could talk freely as long as you didn't have any Trump supporters around you, and then the Trump supporters could talk freely as long as they didn't have any non-Trump supporters around them. I mean, it was just completely polarizing, and I had never mm. seen that before in any other administration. You were, you know, when it, whether it was a Republican or a Democratic president, you were able to talk with your coworkers and actually express opinions about what was happening in the White House. But for the last four years, you had to, you've had to be extremely careful who you were talking around because you might actually get reported for saying something derogatory about the president. Well, and that's the, that's the mm. other thing, too, is you can't say anything derogatory. Oh, I'm going to go ahead. I'm, yeah, something that really upset me that I just heard about. Okay, so we found out last night Hope Hicks was infected, and then as the night went on, we found out that um, that the president and, and Meliana both tested positive. Um, and, you know, right away, all my right-wing friends are, you can't say anything bad. We hope he's a and, – and there was this – I know there was this guilt, this feeling of guilt. We talked about it on, on my page, too, about how we have these, these Christian – you know, because we live we, – we may not be Christian, but we live in a culture that is um, – that Christianity is the, the main belief system. So we're taught – that that something bad will happen to us if we think ill of of him but but these people who are part of the cult and and let's what what mince words this is a cult that that is following trump and they're a lot of them are evangelicals and they have no problem with hours before the hope hicks story broke chrissy teigen john legend their third child she miscarried. Mm, yeah. And she was very open. They were very open about, I'm, you know, I get choked up thinking about it, about the loss of their child that they named Jack and how they tried really hard to save his life. And their, you know, beautiful, heart-wrenching pictures about this loss that they did this openly. And QAnon people started attacking because apparently she – mouthed off to Trump so now she's you know hate hated and and she's part of the QAnon conspiracy trafficking children and they they these people who were not supposed to say anything bad about Trump they had no no problem whatsoever ravaging this woman who who lost this family because they already have two children who were preparing to bring a brother home that's the disconnect. Yeah, that's horrible that's hypocrisy <clears throat> You know, we're we're very. I feel we're very community oriented. Um, family means a lot to to a lot of us with this belief. Um, mm-hmm. And that some people feel like they own family and patriotism because that's their political party. <laughs> I'm seeing such a resurgence of 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 uh, of of pride in in and uh, patriotism being taken back and being owned by by people who 
according to the the meme, according to to what we've been taught growing up, which is which is all brainwashing, that we don't have we don't have we can't have ownership of of uh, patriotism. I've I've had conversations with people who are upset about people kneeling with the national anthem and how un-American it is. And I'm like, no, you, you, you know, people can agree or disagree with me on this, but, but what Byron was, was alluding to earlier with, with, uh, with having the freedom of speech and all, that's very American. That's very American. And, and we should protect that. Uh, Saoirse, being able to bitch about your boss, that's very American. And the thought that exactly. you're, you're, you're the fact that you have training to tell you not to bitch about, that's very authoritarian. I'm very scared about that. Now, the, the thing I wanted to mm-hmm. talk about, though, is every, you, we were talking about community, and we're talking about reaching out, and we're talking about all the, the things that have happened. Jason, when he was, was on earlier, he was talking about you know the George Floyd thing and the Breonna Taylor and all these communities that are in, in upheaval and emotionally, uh, very openly mourning and 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 peacefully protesting, but we're hearing all we're hearing is riot, riot, riot. But it's coming out that those the riots, the rioting, and the negative behavior are not people from those communities. I just wanted right. to hear, wanted to bring that up and 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 your thoughts on that. And that that goes back to the well, Proud Boys and, and the Boogaloo's. Go ahead. Yeah, but it also it also goes it also goes back to Nazi Germany. Yep. So there's there is historical perspective on all of this that if you want to make a group of people be human enough that he, that that other regular citizens want to kill them, that's how you do it. You send in your own shock troops so that it looks like those those people are out of control and I'm all about law and order. But none of that is American. None of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's when did rioting, and I don't mean, I mean, without all the social context, right, but since when does when is rioting un-American? I mean, I mean mm-hmm. we literally, the country was founded by rioters. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Who rose up against an unfair and unjust system of government. I mean, armed. <laughs> you know, started a war. I'm not suggesting that anyone should do that, but I mean, how how, how is that being now framed as un-American? I, I don't I don't I don't understand that. I, I mean, I, you well, know, the peaceful protest, not the ones doing the the, the the looting and the rioting, whatever. But I mean, even if they were, why is that considered un un-American or unpatriotic? I mean, like. It, 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 does that make any sense? I, I, mean, I may have it wrong, no. but I'm I'm pretty sure we've it makes some perfect shit up sense to me. <laughs> back in the yeah. day. Well, it, it I feel that it comes from from the this to me is the um, the difference between the two ideologies, whether you're going to say party or left or right or whatever, conservative liberal. Um, it's the focus on property over life. When when you want to focus on you know when you want to focus on they tore down that building, and, and that's far more 
disgusting to you and and far more of a of an aberration to you than the loss of a life that to me is the problem that to yeah. me is not human, I feel like you know too I, I mean and please give me your opinion on this but I feel like too that on some level you know, you have people that are kind of sitting in their ivory tower, so to speak, and they're watching all of this on the news, and they kind of want the world to be what it's always been, you know, what they're used to. And to essentially scapegoat those that are protesting in a, in a fashion that is easy to point at and say, that's bad. And clearly there's an, it, it's, it, it's a way of not having to deal with it. If, if, if they can point, if they can basically say they're bad and they're evil, then they don't have to deal with the reality of what they're actually protesting about. They can just wash it all away and act like it doesn't exist, or that it's just a, you know, a bunch of people out there doing sh- shit they shouldn't be doing. But it seems well, to me like part of the, part, yeah, that's that's part of the 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 propaganda is is you know, and, and Byron was touching on that too is otherizing. You know, if you otherwise these people and, yeah. and, you know, and Trump is fixating on suburban, this is coming to you. Look at these people. They're savages and they're coming to and, – and the, the classism too, not only racism, when, they, when he says they're going to be moving into your neighborhoods. Right. I mean, that's you know, intentional. Let's, let's not – go ahead. No, I was just saying, I was you agreeing saying, with you. That is intentional language when you when you, when you say things like that. It, it's meant to get that what, response. And, and what, what's happening is here in the United States, a lot of people are not savvy, savvy consumers of the news. Because mm, and I was just thinking about a really good analogy for this, and, and I'm going to try this out on, on, on everybody here and on the Incantation Nation, debuting of Pamet's analogy of news. If you're going to listen to the radio and you like country music and somebody starts playing heavy metal, you're going to go, ooh, that's disgusting, and, and you're going to want to turn back and listen to your country music. If you are are that heavy metal person, you, you don't want to listen to the country music. Um, that's the way news is packaged here. So when anyone says anything about there's a slant in media, yeah, because the news is is a commercial thing here. You, you know, they're trying to get your demographic, they're trying to get you to watch, and they're creating a lot of the the, the drama and the situation. And it's because of that, going from one one thing to the next, one uh, horrible thing to the next horrible thing one uh, disaster to the next disaster that gets you in that adrenaline I'm going to watch the next thing and people are almost consuming the news as if it's a TV show so is it any wonder that we have a reality show star as a president who knows how to play that same game I I don't think that I mean I don't think that I think most news, and not all. I mean, most. I don't. I don't think most news is really there to inform anyone of anything. I think it's there to support specific bias that reaches certain demographics. That they can. I'm going to push back to. on that. The demographic, yes. The bias, 
because if you if you're wanting to listen to country music, you're going to want to listen to country music. So if you want to listen to Fox News, because that's what you want to hear when you when you're news, you want to hear about how these people are bad and those people are good. It's the same right. thing as listening to a, a, a radio. I believe station. you know that outlets like Fox News and, and others that are have super specific like bias type coverage is because they know that they're mm-hmm. going to reach people that have that bias. And they want to, and they're going to hold them. They're going to keep their viewership, and therefore, actually, you know, be able to advertise to them. I don't, I don't really see that they're intending to actually inform them or help them become better, more well-rounded people. Oh, and I think that that's also why people get glom on to what you were talking about too, Byron, earlier with the the QAnon stuff, is because that's far more exciting than. We have to wait at least, you know, go through a trial period of trying out, you know, a vaccine, and it's going to take so many years because that's boring, you know. Right. right. The healing stuff. It's boring. Here, the, you know, I, I've the, got. Go ahead. No, and those of us who were around when the AIDS crisis really hit, we still don't have a vaccine for that, and that's no. been decades. So vaccines are hard, mm. and I know that there are certain members of the uh, the elites in Washington, as the right wing loves to call them, who don't understand that the hard stuff still is hard stuff and still has to be done. But I think we also need to do our best not to let things get normalized that aren't normal. And when it's propaganda, mm. we need to call it out and go, that's just, the phrase I use all the time is, that's uncompostable bullshit. Because I'm all about the compost. You know, if you're going to feed me a line of manure, at least let it be something I can put in the backyard and put on the roses. It's true. It's true. And and here we are to a point where so much stuff is normalized that we're in this position where we have a pandemic, where where people don't feel safe. I'm I'm sitting here... Part of the reason that Hedera isn't here tonight is what we suffer with with our genetic um, disorder is a a lot of us can develop like a I'm, I'm not saying this is what's going on with Hedera, but a lot of us can develop a, a very hypersensitive um, reaction to things and go into um, like an anaphylaxis or an anaphylactoid responses to everyday things. And I've had to wear a, a mask before this happened, but I was always afraid to because I would be, you know, pointed out or freaked. People would freak out because, you know, I'm wearing a mask. And I just started, you know, saying, okay, look, I got to quit letting my ego run this because I know I need this. And I started wearing the mask. And then the COVID thing hit. And I was hoping a good thing. You know, you try to find the good things that can come out of this. And I was hoping that the my mask wearing would be normalized. So this would be this mm-hmm. should be a good thing normalized, <laughs> but it's it's worse. But I was sitting around, you know, when I was at the board of elections the other night, and everybody around me is wearing a mask, and I'm expecting them to. And when they take it off, that's. I guess what I'm trying to, to talk about is 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 uh, normalize the stuff that needs to be normalized. 
and learn how to the the not the stuff that does not need to be normalized is scoffing at science and the, the and right. calling the virus a hoax. Right. That that yeah. does not need you know how can we believe we can't see germs. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Term. It, it's the it's the va- the vapors and the yeah yeah all of that. It, it just it. Let me apply the leeches okay. so I can balance the humors I, in your body. Well, well, and people still use leeches. Let me just be clear about that. Um, but but the obverse is also true, and I want to just put this out there that. Like Daryl, I go to the grocery store and I go to the pharmacy and I go to the post office to mail books to people. That's kind of my whole life. So I had to have some work done on my car. And I've been going to the same mechanic for a long time. And I get there and I just figure that's going to be easy enough. I just kind of drop the car off. And But he is, he is totally cool because his wife is compromised. So... He won't let anybody come in the shop, and you have to leave your key, and he cleans the key. And, I mean, it was just – and I was very awesome. happy and very grateful. And then he said, okay, because my little farm truck is really old. And he said, you need to go by the auto parts store, and you need to get this stuff that you – it's like a fuel injection thing. He said, you need to run through two tanks of gas with this, and that's going to help with this sensor problem. And then I was, like, almost in a cold sweat. And I thought, oh, my God, I have to go to an auto parts store. I'll have on a mask and glass, and they're going to mock me. And, they're gonna, and I went in there with the biggest chip yeah. on my shoulder. And I get out of the car, and there's this enormous sign. And it's um, O'Reilly Auto Parts. I'm going to call out to them. This big sign that says, if you don't have on a mask, don't come in the shop. And I was like, excellent. <laughs> And they had it all set up, and most of them had masks. A few of them didn't, but they were the people that were kind of working in the stock part of the store. And they had it set up mm-hmm. so that they had these um, uh, cases of motor oil or whatever that were in front of the counter, so you couldn't get close to the counter. And they had the place where you could swipe your credit card, all that stuff. And it was it was just wonderful. So my my prejudice was that this was going to be a really hard thing and they were going to be mean and I was going to have to be tough and they just were great. So I don't know what I'm trying to say with all this other than no, that's it's easy thing. to other people. It's easy to other people even when you think you're not othering people. And to give people the benefit of the doubt, I, I wish that for my community all the time that instead of jumping to a conclusion about something, you actually read what the person just wrote. And then maybe you contact them privately to say, Are, did, is this what you meant to say? Rather than just jumping down their throat and starting a big flame war. Maybe we just give each other the benefit of the doubt and ask a few more questions and listen a little bit more. When I, when I said that thing today about how uh, Trump, if Trump goes at least he's a known and then, and that we don't know about the unknown. And this person jumped all over me and she thought I was talking about Biden being an unknown. And I'm like, uh, okay, for one thing, where were you in 2008? He is far from an unknown. <laughs> he's, he's been part of the white house for since 2008. Um, but, but she didn't take the time. Like you said, 
she didn't take the time. And if she knew anything about me, I, I, the fact that I'm doing this podcast now is the short little time in between, in between everything I'm doing for campaigning to get Biden elected. (laughs) (laughs) So, so it's, you're right. We need to listen to each other. And I'm glad that we're able to have something like this, that this, this, this place that Hedera has created on the witching hour spell cast, um, I'm sorry that it sounds more like the the Pamet's Porch, which is my show, uh, because hey, you know I'm Pamet. I'm filling in for I'm the Hedera substitute uh, tonight. But but the one thing that I'm hoping that comes through is I hope that that what we're talking about resonates with people and that people don't feel scared. That we're talking about things to demystify. And to, to hopefully ground us, and that that Hedera's made this wonderful incantation nation, and it's it's not her, you know. Back to that leadership thing, it is the the that she has made this place for us to join. That everyone's welcome, you know, as long as you're not an asshole. <laughs> Come on in. Maybe if you are an asshole, we could, you know, work that out. Maybe you might have a chip on your shoulder. But I, I've got to mention this, and I've got to ask each each of you how uh, you've worked through this with this time, you know, of of the pandemic. And one of the things, the good things that I've liked that's come out of this is me being agoraphobic. I've had to learn how to do things remotely and how to have my community online and reach out to people like through this podcast and make my friends that way and socialize that way. I think that it's, you know, Sirsha, you're working from home, you said. Um, Right. Byron, I have up for me to watch later because I I missed it last night, the uh, Mother Grove Goddess Temple full moon. What, how is, how is, go ahead. Um, I'm jumping your question. Sorry. Yeah, I've been really um, grateful. (laughs) Yeah, I've been really grateful um, for the uh, format of Facebook Live because I've done a lot of, I do a full moon for Mother Grove once a month. And then I do this dark moon thing. It's a whole other thing that I do personally. But all this month, I'm going to be doing some really interesting things about ancestor veneration. I'm going to I'm going to carve turnips into jack o' lanterns. I'm going to do all that stuff, and I just find it, it it lets people feel like they are physically together when they're really emotionally and spiritually together. Because there are people we do this thing where we hold hands, and and people will say to me, I really felt like I was holding somebody's hand. So there's some mm-hmm. there's some comfort there that I think we can all use right now. How can people find find that if they haven't already found you? I mean, every I think a lot of people who be listening are listening. They know who Byron Ballard is, but how do they find you? Because I know you've had to go to uh, like a. a, a a, a purse, a public figure page because you have too many friends. Yeah, I have maxed out on the on the Byron Ballard pages, maxed out at five thousand. 
So you can follow me there, and I welcome that. And inevitably, I'm going to write something that's going to piss off a handful of people, so then I can bring you in once I've, you know, those people <laughs> misunderstood me or maybe understood me. Um, but then there's another page that's like my, you know, I don't know how you say it, uh, my professional page, how's that? And that's called Village Witch a, a Wandering. And you can see me there too. Village Witch a Wandering. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, and Sirsha, tell us a little bit about your working from home. I That would be a dream for me. To be honest, how has that worked out for you? Um, well, I was already working from home three days a week. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and just to give you a little bit of background on me, uh, my wife and I have eight rescue dogs and two cats, and they are all thoroughly enjoying the two of us being home five days a week. <laughs> and as a matter of fact, I have one lying in my lap as we speak. And <laughs> I've had to go on mute several times because we've had a little barking in the background. But um, the biggest change for me has been it's trying to set up my, my tiny little desk here in my, my bedroom office so that I can actually comfortably do my work, but the dogs are thoroughly enjoying it, and I enjoy working <laughs> from home as well. As any of you know, uh, the the commute to Charlotte and back on I-85 can be absolute hell, and so I have a lot more time to dedicate to uh, my my witchcraft. Uh, which involves a lot of leather work, and without Ooh. that commute, I'm able to, you know, do a lot more research, a lot more reading, and a lot more leather craft. Hmm. I think that's important that that we, when you slow down, you start realizing a lot how much more your job has taken from you, and how much how precious your time is. I'm glad that you're able to, to do that. Um, have that you missed so being true. around people? Have you missed yes, the, the, the um, comma? I have, but in my office, because there are so few of us that do the same exact job that I do, I really only interact with one other person um, regularly. So, you know, we communicate through instant messages back and forth a lot during the day. But, yes, I have missed actually seeing the people. But the office that I work in also has a lot of the officers who are out at the airport. So they're dealing with a lot of folks coming in from who knows where. So mm -hmm. I'm just as perfectly happy being at home, not having to wear a mask eight hours a day, so that I am protecting myself and not having to switch in and out of gloves. So, it, you know, it's, it's the lesser of two evils. I wanted to, 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 to build on what you said. Um, I mentioned when I introduced you, you said that you worked for customs when we talked privately and I asked if you were ice 
And I don't mean that in any negative way, but I do want to humanize mm-hmm. the people who work for our government. You know, the people, mm. it's, it's people like Trump that are, that are weaponizing our military weaponizing, you know, departments like ICE. And, and there has been a history from back in the, in the, the junior Bush era of, of a white supremacist infiltrating our, our military and our police forces. So, so that's been going on before Trump that that's happening. I'm not saying that everybody in the military is like this. I'm not saying everybody in the police force is like this, but there's enough of that in there that I'm not going to dismiss it. But the majority of people who are working for the government are people working and that's the job. So try to remember that. I'm hoping that if we get turned against each other, which is what, what Trump has been working towards, why he when he brought the military down in July at in Black Lives Matter Plaza in, in Washington DC and he tried to bring the military in against our own people, uh, very unconstitutional. NATO mm-hmm. perked up and watched that because NATO could got, could have gotten involved if he hadn't um, gone with the the ICE people to to uh, to be the stormtroopers in that situation. But but when I say stormtroopers, um, they're people. We've got to try to remember to to not. I don't know, Byron, Sersha. Sersha, Daryl, what am I trying to say here? <laughs> You're Any trying idea? to say we shouldn't other people even when we're invited to do that. There you go. There you go. Perfect. I think um, you know what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Sersha. I just said that was perfectly said, Byron. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Um, it, and and it's it's hard not to do that because that's part of also the programming that we're getting. Um, I'm sure. Well, let's let's go ahead and do this. I just got to chill when I when I thought about it. So obviously I'm supposed to bring it up. Um, the horrible things that's happening that the news and we're not even talking about it because this is how crazy things are. Um, in Georgia where the the nurse came out and was a whistleblower with what's happening with the the women in detention and ice detention being being sterilized having you know hysterectomies having all these procedures put on them you know done to them and that woman who was the nurse that came forward was a person working there so there are going to be heroes in in who are going to st- stand up and you know like Sarah's just saying why can't i say something bad about trump <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why can't I say something bad about? So we've got to protect our whistleblowers too. Um, Daryl, do you have? I, we were running out, of, running out of time, so I've got to wrap this up. But I wanted to ask Daryl, how has you were saying that you stay home, you groceries, pharmacy? Have you missed community? What have you done to 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 be plugged in? Uh, well. It's- yeah, so my situation is a little bit different. I actually started working from home a few years ago. I moved to where I'm at now to be closer to my mother. You know, she was, you know, at the time having some health issues. Um, so I started working from home then at a the time my office that I worked at didn't actually have a, a work from home policy. 
Um, and then when the COVID thing went down, I was like the old, you know, the old pro. And so I get to <laughs> kind of help other people kind of work into it. And um, it's, it's kind of done wonders for my social anxiety because it got me to a point where that I actually wanted to go spend time with other people. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. so it, uh, you know, the, the, the coven that I work with, you know, they're kind of old school and like have never done anything really. I mean, they've done some stuff online, but not really like rituals and stuff. And there certainly wasn't like this whole like zoom type of communication. And so a few of us got together and like, Hey, let's, let's try this. And so like, we've done a couple of like, virtual rituals now and like it's worked out really well like we're all becoming like zoom pros and and it was you know byron mentioned the whole like holding hands thing and like you know i have noticed Mm -hmm. you know when you're doing ritual with zoom and you know it's it's almost like quantum and like the way that you actually connect people connect with people you know like when you actually go into that intentional space and like you 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 visualize yourself in circle with people and you reach out and actually grab their hands. Like it feels energetically like I'm standing in a circle with people like holding their hands and, (laughs) and to, I'm from the experimental side, right? I've I've welcomed like kind of some of this empirical data that we're getting about how energy works. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I think creating more opportunities to, connect um, with people that I normally would have been in physical contact with. It's been monumentally helpful and being gentle to myself and being like, it's okay to not be okay. And yes, I should totally call someone and tell them about it. Um, not mm. just sit here and be oh, going to be a problem. I don't want to bother anybody. No, this is the time when you call people and tell them I don't not. Okay. Daryl, I don't think I could have wrapped up the show with anything better than that because, I mean, that's it. That um, I've been lucky enough with the podcasting to be involved with circles that we've done through podcasting. And it is true, you know, before COVID, that that energy feeling that you get when you're, you know, doing a circle with people that are spread out across the United States and sometimes even the globe. And I'm glad that we're able to to understand this and, and appreciate this more. Unfortunately, you know, again, with the bad, that's what tar- Tower does, right, Byron? You've got this mm-hmm. destruction, but there's good that comes. There's good if you make it good. So you can make what you yes. want out of it. And that's what, you know, what the space here with Incantation Nation is. The space here at Incantation Nation is no matter where you're at, you're never alone. You can reach out to any of the, the communities. You can reach out to people um, who will be there to listen to you and hopefully listen to you. But that's what that's what the intention is. Because, um, Byron, you, you nailed it there. We need to learn to listen to each other more. Um, so please, you know, Hedera... I'm, I'm betting that Hedera will be here again next week, and uh, and I'm probably going to get a chastising from her maybe when we're done with it, how I, I didn't quite, you know, fulfill her <laughs> her views of, of what she wanted. So I apologize. I know she had a grand show um, available. So um, what I'm asking you now is be gentle with Hedera because she wants so much 
for everybody to she wants so much for everybody period she wants so much for everybody to 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 be welcome she wants so much for everybody to to have a voice for everybody to be um special to know how special they are and that's i guess that that's she wants a place for everybody to to have a place where they they can be the, who they are she's welcoming and that that leads mm. me to she said she says, Pam, do this for me. I want you to do this incantation to Hecate. It's her favorite incantation uh, to Hecate. And it's a, um, a poem by Emma Lazarus called The New Colossus. A lot of people may not mm-hmm. realize that it's an incantation to Hecate. So heed these words. Not like the brazen giant of Greek fame, with conquering limbs astride from land to land, here our sea-washed sunset gate shall stand, a mighty woman with a torch, whose flame is the imprisoned lightning, and her name, Mother of Exiles. From her beacon hand glows worldwide welcome, her mild eyes command, the air-bridged harbor that twin cities frame, Keep ancient lands, you storied pomp, cries she cried, sorry. Keep ancient lands, you storied pomp, cries she with silent lips. Here, give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. The wretched, wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send those, the homeless, to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. Thanks for joining us with Incantation Nation. (laughs) We have uh, a very special guest coming next week, and I'm going to go ahead and scroll back so I've got this right, the way that that, uh, Hedera would like me to, to mention who will be on next week. Um, Is, sorry, I'm very sorry for not having this at my fingertips. (laughs) Um, Okay, next week, Robin Artisan, Windstorm (gasps) fell. uh, Oh, yeah, sorry, she's telling us what happened, why why Robin couldn't be here. So in in all caps and one, two, three exclamation points, use him as a teaser trailer for next Friday. So consider yourself teased. You've been teased. Uh, since Brian Hankey was here earlier this evening um, and he zoomed on, I'm going to bring him back. I'm going to uh, to summon him in the form of the song Queen of the Summer Stars from the Green Album. Another way that you can oh. give to the community is by getting the Green Album at thegreenalbum.net when 25% of the proceeds will still go to Rainforest Trust. So uh, great music and helping heal our earth. Here's Brian Hankey, Incantation Nation, Hedera, and the crew will be back next week here on the Witching Hour Spell.
Day tomorrow, a promise of morning. Light. 